Time Out Magazine calls it a spectacular movie whose technical achievements, notably the sharp editing, will surely provide a gauge by which subsequent comic strip films are judged. Vincent Canby of the New York Times says summer hasn't officially arrived yet, but it's unlikely to offer a big-budget commercial movie as thoroughly entertaining as the stylish real-life cartoon. And Keith Phipps of Slate says that the film moves at a chug when it should put the pedal to the floor. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Dick Tracy. Which one will it be? Greetings, Starfighters. It's time for another episode of Ruined Childhoods, the podcast where we take those beloved movies from your childhood and or the movies that you weren't ever aware of during your childhood. We throw them in the trash. The ones that that you totally missed, the Transylvania 6-5000s of the world. We barf all over them. (laughs) <laughs> we ruin them. <laughs> no, no, we celebrate them. We celebrate them, That's true. and we we discuss their 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 past, present, and potential futures. Uh, I am Dan Weiner. Hey, I'm John. How's everybody doing today? You're on your morning commute. You're in your evening commute. You're walking your dog. You're just like Maybe hanging around just- the house. Maybe this is maybe you're you're not actually doing anything else. Maybe this is your your focus. I maybe. It maybe could you have like some crazy job where you just have to listen to podcasts that no one else is listening to. <laughs> and you're like, this podcast gets like 30 to 40 listeners an episode. I'ma listen to this one. <laughs> and here you are. And here we are talking That's about thir- Dick Tracy. <laughs> That's 30 to 40 more people than than usually listen to us talk about movies. So That's true. We so we so we we appreciate you and we're glad that you're here. So before we launch into things, uh Dan, the Doctor Sleep trailer. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about that indeed. Yeah. So Dr. Sleep, for those not not in the new, was uh, Stephen King's novel that he wrote as a sequel to The Shining, which um, the sequel feet, uh, focuses on a now adult Danny Torrance, who played by Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor. And I wasn't I, I I'm sure I had I think I had heard something that they were making a film of it. And I hadn't read the book, but um, I had kind of forgotten about it until you sent me the the link to the trailer. And I, I have to say as, uh, as a fan of the book, the Stephen King of the shining, um, I, mm. I will, I, I will make an attempt at reading Dr. Sleep uh, before the movie comes out, I'm 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 kind of interested. Uh, it's I have a long reading list right now, but uh, I, as a fan of the book and as a big fan of Stanley Kubrick as a director, with The Shining actually being one of my lesser favorites of his. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, well, we talked about Clockwork Orange on the last episode. Oh yeah, I love Clockwork Orange. I love. Yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like the worst Stanley Kubrick film is still better than most movies out there. So, but my issues with The Shining kind of come with like in the in the novel, Jack Torrance is he's definitely got his issues, but he's you know regular guy. And in the movie, I, just from the beginning. Jack Nicholson's portrayal of Jack Torrance is is like he's he's kind of nutty from the beginning and you don't necessarily centric you don't see why and it's if you've read the novel there are little I guess you'd call them Easter eggs that 
are that if you've read the novel, you look at, you say, oh, okay, I know what that is. Like there's the one shot where you see, and I, we won't tangent too much on The Shining, but there's that one shot where you see the, um, the two people in the, in the bedroom, in the hotel, Jack Nicholson sees, or it's, it, it might be, I think it's Wendy, uh, Shelley Duvall sees, and it's like the guy in the bear costume and right. he is fillating a gentleman who's not in a costume or is when it the other way around? When you say it that way, it sounds more gross. Okay. So I don't, I forget who's <laughs> blowing who, the bear or the guy. All right. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Um, and if like if you read the book, you understand because they give you more of the background of the Overlook Hotel and and the history. And Kubrick's film jumps a lot of that, I think, for the sake of of atmosphere and uh-huh. and sequences, because there are sequences and I do I, I enjoy it more and more every time I see it. I think because of what I'm looking at or what I'm looking for. And after I saw the documentary Room 237. Which is excellent. All about Kubrick-based conspiracy theories. I I watched the movie again with kind of a renewed interest. But I felt that the, the, the build didn't work. It wasn't effective for me. And therefore, I didn't necessarily find it as scary okay. as... I think um, many people do. So in the trailer for Dr. Sleep, it's it's clearly directly referencing the film adaptation of The Shining and maybe less so the book itself. Uh, in the trailer, you see a lot of flashes from uh, the original movie, The Shining, and a lot of those sequences come back. So uh, it'd be really interesting to see. And I love that it's a sequel that takes place this many years later. Uh, I think that's a really cool thing to do. And that's uh, in a lot of ways, and granted, this is an adaptation from a book, but it's in a lot of ways in the spirit of kind of what we're talking about here, where it's like, you know, let's say a movie from 1990, like Dick Tracy, like we are talking about what could happen if there was a sequel picking up, picking it up now, Uh, not to say we're necessarily going to be talking sequels for it, but I don't know. I think it's pretty neat because usually when you get a sequel, it's a couple years later. Um, Occasionally you'll get one that jumps ahead a couple decades, but for something like the shining where it's just been this standalone thing in its movie form for so long, it's really interesting for there to now be uh, kind of something picking, picking it up. And I think that Ewan McGregor is a really cool choice to play adult Danny Torrance. And uh, based on the trailer, his portrayal feels like, oh, yeah, what is going on with this kid after having experienced that as all as a child? Like, I so want to know. Yeah. And I, so, I've been a I've been a huge fan of Ewan McGregor since Train Spotting and Shallow Grave. I discovered him through Train Spotting and then um right. pun intended, dug up Shallow Grave. Oh um but you know, was a huge fan of of Ewan McGregor. And I, I Well we've talked was, about Down with Love on this podcast. It's an we awesome did. movie. Down, Down with Love is a fun movie. Uh, so I actually I um, had read an, an article where the uh, writer and director of Doctor Sleep, Mike Flanagan, was interviewed, and uh, he's he's got some real like horror cred. He directed the uh, the Netflix uh, Haunting of Hill House, which oh, I haven't cool. seen, but I've heard it's really scary. <laughs> I hear it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I just saw the trailer today. Um, cause I saw the movie book smart in the theaters, but I saw the trailer for midsummer and what seems really fascinating about that one is it's a horror movie that takes place like during the day and you know, that's so cool. Like you don't really see a lot of that where it's just like bright and, sh- and sunny out. Yeah, no, I've been hearing some cool things. I've been hearing some great things about that, but, um, I, I just want to back up to your point about, whether mm-hmm. or not the you know is is Doctor Sleep going to hew more closely to the the Kubrick Shining or the King Shining? Which, by the way, Stephen King is very outspoken. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know this, but um, very outspoken against 
Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining because he, like I said, took out a lot of a lot of the book in order to make the movie he wanted to make. And it, which actually was referenced a lot when ABC did their miniseries, I think, in the 90s of oh, The yeah. Shining with Stephen Weber as Jack Torrance, where they really they tried to show the um, they really tried to film the novel and it would have worked a lot better with a huge Hollywood budget. And I'm, that has nothing to do with the acting. Stephen Weber was great. And Rebecca De Mornay plays Wendy and is much, much more accurate to the book's depiction. She's a former cheerleader, um, which. Well, you know, I guess the I guess the miniseries just didn't have wings. <laughs> it's a Stephen <laughs> Weber joke. <laughs> yes, we get them daily. Tim Daly. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, and boy. this is when everyone presses stop and puts on some other. Well, good what shall we discuss next? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I could release really some THC, Thomas Hayden Church. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk <laughs> about like something else. Enough. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, anyway, watch that trailer if you haven't seen it. It's crazy. And it'll yeah. be really fascinating to see what the movie's like. Uh, the only other thing that I wrote down is that um, there's going to be a, and this has been, I don't know if we've discussed it before, but it's knowledge that there's going to be a sequel to the movie Gladiator. And it's just been announced that it's going to be taking place like two decades after the original, which tracks because here we are. <laughs> Oh, so is the main character going to be like the 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 kid, um, the son of um, oh, what's her? Name? I'm trying to remember the 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 actress's name who plays it's Joaquin Phoenix's sister in the oh, original right. Gladiator. I don't remember. Yeah. So here's my here's my question: Is is it just is like is Ridley Scott just kind of like dusting off the hits? Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of just like, all right, let's see. I'm tired. What else, what do I'm, we got? <laughs> but I'm thinking about how, like, all right, in 2012, uh, he did Prometheus, so he did mm-hmm. the first his first Alien movie since Alien, so he returned to that. And then, uh, even though he didn't direct Blade Runner 2049, he was a producer. He, yeah, he did. Right. He was, you know, heavily, heavily involved. And granted, I I thought that was awesome. I thought Blade Runner 2049 was was fantastic. It's really good. Yeah. So but I'm just with Gladiator, I'm a little more skeptical about it. And how is it a sequel? And how is it not just another Gladiator movie? How is it continuing that story that that had begun? Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and maybe not see because we might not see it. <laughs> it's not at the top of my list. I the yeah. So I in the original Gladiator, it's good. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. It, not my personal best picture of 2000, but uh-huh. Um so let's move on to Dick Tracy. Dick calling Dick Tracy. Calling Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy, <laughs> uh, winner of three Academy Awards. Um, I think it's set design, costume design. Oh, no, no, makeup, um, which is uh-huh. definitely deserved because the makeup in this is extraordinary. Oh, and, uh, yeah. and Stephen Sondheim for uh, an original song that's in it. Sung yeah. by Madonna. This movie <laughs> is crazy. Everybody is in it. Yeah, everybody is in it. Um, so I don't know, John. I mean, I think we, you know, we both got uh, kind of a new uh, look at Dick Tracy recently. When was the? Do you remember the last time you had seen it? I mean, it would have to be right around when it was probably like ninety three. My guess would be where it's just like, oh, let's watch Dick Tracy, and that's it. Yeah, why not? You're at someone's house after school. It's, oh, sure. Pop in the VHS of Dick of Tracy. And 
I, I do want to mention that what's really cool about doing this podcast and watching a lot of these movies that I uh, probably haven't seen since they came out on VHS cassette is watching them in high definition is yes. a trip because it's like Dick Tracy, I can tell you almost with almost certainty that I saw it in the theaters. But and and watching it there, it's you know, it's it's one thing, but then like watching it at home with like crystal clear, you know, picture and audio. It's, it's something that I never expected would happen yet. Here we are. Um, John, it's funny that you should say this. And I, I definitely had the same feeling as I said, and it's funny because, you know, we're in the process of moving and right Mm -hmm. now our TV room pretty much just has a TV. And then there's like this little, it's not even a, a love seat. It's like a, some type of, chair like couchy chair it's a couchy chair uh-huh. it's cherry no um not as comfortable as cherry from peewee's playhouse but um so basically it's like the setup is just like was me sitting on this like one chair in the middle of the room just staring up at the <laughs> the tv and i was just like it's like i'm in, in the movie theater I just, yeah right i almost jumped into a last action last action hero i'm in the uh yeah it's it was kind of wild um i mean just watching this movie itself now feels really weird um and and there's a lot of really cool things about it the kind of like painted set design is uh, very visually interesting the opening sequence um the opening credit sequence uh which feels very noir comic strippy which is kind of cool. Um, and like I was saying, like the makeup that they have for all of the bad guys is really mm-hmm. trippy and yeah. it's really, really well done. Like they've really just transformed so many people. And I, I don't know. I mean, when I, I was curious to see if they were nominated for an Academy Award, when I saw they won, I was just like, okay, great. And Deserved. also nominated, I, I believe Al Pacino was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Dan, do you want to give as brief as, brief as possible of a synopsis of this movie? And that's not a judgment of you. It's a judgment of how crazy this movie is. <laughs> uh, well, I, and and it's funny because I, I, I feel like we're kind of not on the same page on, on how crazy the movie is. I mean, it's basically Dick <laughs> Tracy. Dick Tracy's this like good guy super this good guy super cop who's you know, you know by the book and well, not by the book not by right the, I, not necessarily by the book but he's you know he's justice is going to be done and he's going to save the day and he's out to get the organized he's 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 going to bring down organized crime in i believe it's meant to be chicago and he mm-hmm. so he's out to get and now the big the, like the the boss in town, like the, the the big criminal who's now starting to take over kind of the smaller criminal networks in a very similar fashion to how the Joker does it in 1989's Batman, which we'll talk about that in a moment. The <laughs> similarities between these two and how the, it's uh-huh. not accidental, really not that much. But so uh, big boy Caprice is this gangster and he's recently, he takes over like the, the big club in town. Um, he, he, he takes out the, uh, you know, lips manless who runs the club Ritz, which is where breathless Mahoney played by Madonna sings and big boy takes it over and he start. He, oh, it's going to be a, you know, he, he's going to reopen the club and he's got, all these, he tries to get all the other gangsters in town to kind of join, like join in with him and form, I guess, even a more organized, organized crime family or network. And so Dick Tracy is out to get him and he's going to do whatever he can. He meets uh, along the way on a raid. He meets Breathless. He interrogates Breathless. She hits on him. Um, Warren Beatty and Madonna start dating. Uh, not in the movie. Yeah. Um, and then breathless and then there's this mysterious villain who's also coming around this villain is is killing off different gangsters they don't have a face they talk like princess leia in disguise as a bounty hunter yeah. from return <laughs> of the jedi like literally exactly the same it's true and uh and this is like the blank 
we see that there's this kind of odd suspicion, weird tension going on with the piano player at the Club Ritz, 88 Keys, played by Mandy Patinkin, who um, he and Breathless have this, like, not a romantic relationship, but kind of this friendship where they're both, like, you know, not happy with the circumstances they're in, working for for Big Boy. Meanwhile, Dick Tracy's got this longtime girlfriend, Tess Trueheart, who he's a kind of like borderline borderline engaged. They're like engaged to be engaged type thing. And as, as they're, you know, out on the town, he uh, finds this, this kid played by Charlie Cosmo of what about Bob? And he takes, he basically takes this kid in who's been living like with this abusive older man, just, physically abusive and you know verbally abusive but dick dick so dick tracy takes in the kid he's dealing with this relationship with tess trueheart breathless mahoney is flirting with him and wants him big boy caprice keeps avoiding keeps like you know slipping through dick tracy's fingers and then there's this blank who's going who's going around and we don't know who the blank is working for so i guess in that respect it's 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 got kind of a crazy plot well, what I one of the things that I'm really talking about is, and I think that I read this in maybe the IMDb trivia, but it, allegedly Warren Beatty wasn't sure if there was ever going to be a sequel, so he kind of threw all of the characters into it. Yeah, and yeah. It, for that reason, it's just a little wild. And um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a bit much. It is a bit much, but. I, and why, and I've always felt that way. And I remember even from seeing it and if I can, uh, I mean, how, I don't know how well you remember summer 1990. <laughs> Not very well. Um, I remembered, uh, I, I think I remember it a bit better. And uh-huh. so Dick Tracy was the big, that was the big hyped comic adaptation of that year. Back when there, there wasn't even one a year. It was like Batman came out in 1989 and there was so much hype and merchandising around Batman. It was such a, a hit that Disney was looking to replicate that with Dick Tracy, which had been in, this is a project, like a big screen Dick Tracy um had been in the works for a long time. Like, you know, probably since Warren Beatty was in his prime to play. Warren Beatty was kicking the idea around since the seventies. And a lot of different, when it it probably was more appropriate for somebody like him to be playing Dick Tracy. And you probably would get, get away a little bit better with a movie with the name Dick in the title. That's not just the movie Dick. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, just as a little side note here, uh, this isn't even the first time there has been a Dick Tracy movie. Um, I'm looking back as early as 1937. You got the Ralph uh, Bird, Dick Tracy. Yep, we got the Ralph Bird, Dick Tracy, then Dick Tracy Returns, Dick Tracy's G-Men. Dick Tracy's um, Dilemma. Dick Dick Tracy vs. Crime Incorporated. And then there was the Michael Conway Dick Tracy movies starting in 45. Dick Tracy, Dick Tracy vs. Cue Ball, Dick Tracy's Dilemma, Dick Tracy meets Gruesome. Um, and then, oh wait, only those first two were with Michael Conway. Then back to <laughs> Ralph, Bird Ralph Bird for Dick Tracy's Dilemma, Dick Tracy meets Gruesome. Um, Ralph Bird had a live action television series, uh, Dick Tracy... And then in 61, there was the animated television series with um, Mel Blanc and Everett Sloan called The Dick Tracy Show. Um, And then, yeah, in 67, there was another television pilot for Dick Tracy. Yeah, so there's been a lot. But But now Warren Beatty owns the rights to the character, and we've got crickets. Yeah, I mean, so Warren Beatty was going to... Uh, so, so yeah, so nothing happens for a long time. It goes through different, uh, directors. Uh, Tim Burton was considered to direct, I think like around the time that they did make it. Um, Warren Beatty ends up directing it and starring in it, which I'm a, I, I do like Warren Beatty. I, um, I'm a fan of him as a, as a director, as an actor, 
I kind of was watching this feeling like I wish someone else was playing Dick Tracy. Well, he played it like he was playing a character. Like he was, he didn't become Dick Tracy. I didn't believe like he was a tough guy detective. I thought it was no. Warren Beatty playing detective. Right. And not, I mean, I know that I've read at some point some of the Dick Tracy comic strips and stuff like that, but I I remember him being more of like mysterious. Well, and you know, it, it, he also, he had the, uh, the whole thing was like how he had like the nose or the square chin or. Yeah. It was the the profile. And I found myself, it was interesting because I was, I was thinking, I was like, well, who would I rather, have, who would, who would have been better as Dick Tracy? And then I thought about, thought about Alec Baldwin. And then I thought about, oh, but they tried that with Alec Baldwin when they, when they yeah. did The Shadow. The Shadow. Exactly. <laughs> that, I mean, it's the same exact thing, essentially. Pretty much. Well, yeah, that's why yeah. I'm like, is it? Is that where the the mystery? I mean, I don't know. I didn't know much about Dick Tracy other than that he was just like he's a cop, but he's like a really like you know do the right thing, make sure justice is served at any cost. Yeah. Well, you know who I think would have been an interesting choice at that time would have been somebody like Liam Neeson. Liam, yeah, Liam ne- around nineteen ninety, yeah, Liam yeah. Neeson would have been because um, he's also just a much bigger feat, like force of you know. He's he, yeah no absolutely Liam Neeson well would have I guess been a, Dark Man <laughs> he, Liam Neeson did Dark Man yeah which is right an awesome movie but Liam Neeson would have been great as Dick Tracy he's also he's got that more intimidating voice whereas right Warren Beatty is more like Warren sorry Warren Beatty he I liked sounds him like a guy than, well I liked him the following year as a gangster in Bugsy Bugsy mm-hmm. he's good as a smooth talker but not like when I would see him in the fighting, like when I'd see him fighting, it was like, it it just came across as like a vanity thing. And Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and what's unfortunate about that is the supporting cast is so, so great. I was going to say colorful, but then that would be confusing it with the actual like look of the film, which is extremely colorful and vibrant. Like you were saying, like the painted sets, the, Mm -hmm. the look of the film was just beautiful. And, and to watch it in, um, you know, in high definition was, you know, was really a treat. Right. So just to, uh, Oh, Gabriel Byrne, except he did Miller's crossing that year. So (laughs) yeah, weird. Um, so aside from the people we've mentioned, um, Al Pacino and, uh, Paul Sarvino, we've also got Dustin Hoffman as Mumbles, who ends up being a a bit of a rat. Um, but he was, (laughs) he was great in this and it's kind of nice that he was a a little bit of a side character. Uh, William Forsyth as Flat Top was awesome. Yes. William Forsythe as Flat Top. Uh, James Caan has a cameo in it. James Caan. Catherine O'Hara is also in there. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Kathy yep. Bates. Kathy Bates. Um, but Kathy Bates, she was the stenographer. She wasn't one of the yeah the bad guys. Uh, no, Dick no, Van Kathy. Dyke, though, was the DA who was dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he was awesome. Always good to see Dick Van Dyke. It just jammed all the dick into this all right sorry yeah. i could not help it um uh you really couldn't yeah i'm trying to think. oh well and uh i didn't mention before but glenn headley of dirty rotten Ooh, scoundrels yeah. plays tess Trueheart. another she's, performance she's great yeah well i mean that character like you know it's, it's so what i think my my casting problems are all with with the principles that is true. Well, Charlie Corsmo though nailed it. I have no issue with. I take no issue with Charlie. Co- no, Charlie Corsmo. No, um, this was it, Charlie Corsmo had this awesome 1990, 1991 trifecta of like Dick when Tracy, was Hook? Hook, nineteen ninety one, ninety one. It's like Dick what Tracy. About what about Bob Hook? Uh, and uh, can hardly wait in nineteen ninety seven. Good time to be Charlie Corsmo. Yeah, but yeah. I and and I also. And I'd always, so I'd always felt like, like the film was slow and mm-hmm. I realized what it is and all due respect to Madonna, Mandy Patinkin and Stephen Sondheim, the songs. 
<laughs> the songs when they're not part of the story like she, when she sings sooner or later there's the uh-huh. montage of how dick tracy's catching all the criminals because they bugged right. big boy's office and it, so like that was i thought that was fine but then there's like another part where it's just mandy patinkin and madonna's like singing a song for a few minutes and it just didn't do yeah. anything to move to move the story forward. There's the other there's a scene where uh, Big Boy is kind of like directing the rehearsals. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, the song goes on forever. It, it really does. Uh, so I, I do want to mention how much I miss Madonna acting because she really did some pretty awesome performances. I mean... Dick Tracy might not have been well it was a great use of a great use of Madonna because you had somebody who could do the singing and all of the moves and the seduction um and she, I think that she's also just like she did a good job with some of the more uh dramatic parts and clearly uh she's awesome in a league of their own Helmed yeah. by, uh, well, by Gans uh, and Babalu Mandel, the <laughs> gods of humor and heart. That's true. Um, and gotta love Desperately Seeking Susan, uh, Evita. She's just like, she's great in Evita. She, she's, she's great. And I just miss seeing her on screen. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say Dick Tracy is one of my lesser favorite performances of hers. And of course, when I thought about who I would rather see in the role, I first thought of Michelle Pfeiffer. And then it was like, wait a second, Fabulous Baker Boys was like uh, six months earlier where Michelle Pfeiffer played a lounge singer. I think that Kim Basinger was also considered for this. Who was um, the Vicky Vale and Batman. Vicky Vale and Batman. Because that was right. another name and, that I thought of. Yeah. So, I think Sean Young was cast at, at a certain point, but like since she was batshit crazy, she, they no, she was cast as the Tess Trueheart. Oh, as Tess Trueheart. Yeah, she would have been Which, more interesting, <laughs> probably. Um, but anyway, I, you know, it's it's a it's a fun movie to to look at, uh, but just don't look too close. I think. Yeah. Um, no, and I I actually I I'll be honest, I like I. I I was enjoying it. Like I enjoyed watching it. I enjoy, I love the, the Danny Elfman score though. Again, it, right. it's kind of like, it, it's almost like that. You're trying to be Batman a little much. I mean, he just did Batman. He was hired because of probably of Batman. Well, but I feel like Warren Beatty said to him, like, do something kind of like you did with Batman, like come up with a right. cool, like, dun, 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 dun. And I remember dun, 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 dun. seeing, I remember seeing something uh, from Danny Elfman, and this um, goes along with what a lot of people were saying about Warren Beatty as a director, that he was just like awful to work with, uh, just completely terrible. So, I mean, I feel like if I was Danny Elfman at that time, who was pretty new to film scoring, you know, he... I guess he's probably five years in, because he started with Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Six years in. Yeah, five years in, yeah. 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 And uh, so I bet that he, I mean, now he wouldn't put up with that, but you know. Right. No, yeah. now, yeah. But yeah, so I guess, you know, um, but it's, it's, it's really a fun movie to watch. And if you haven't seen it since the days of VHS and you've never seen it, especially if you haven't seen it like on, on a big, you know, quote unquote, big screen, it's it's worth, you know, the the digital rental uh, or, you know, I don't know, check your local library, see if they yeah, have. Right. Um, but it's it, it, it's definitely worth, you know, worth checking out again. It's it's got it's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of, uh, you know, like like we've been saying, you know, just a lot of famous faces pop up. Uh, uh, Seymour Cassell, who recently passed yeah. away as as Sam Ketchum is great. Michael J. Pollard. Mm-hmm. is is in it just you know everyone it's an it's an immense cast yeah 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 so what so john what so in, in terms of uh in, in terms uh, yeah okay what do you think my, my crystal ball look into the future of dick tracy and clearly this would have to happen um after 
Warren Beatty is no longer with us and the rights are in somebody else's hands. Oh, sorry. Can What's I jump that? back to the casting? Yeah. So for Tess Trueheart, you know who would have been perfect and God damn it, if he had only met her sooner, Annette Benning. Annette Benning. Miss uh, Warren, I'm not going to call her Miss Warren Beatty. It's disrespectful. She's an amazing actress. <laughs> Warren Beatty. So Warren Beatty met Annette Benning while they were making Bugsy, and ha- has been married to her pretty much ever since. But right. man, she would have been a fantastic test true heart. Anyway, sorry. I mean, she's fantastic all the time, always. I uh, I watched re- uh, regarding Henry not too long ago. Man, you just feel like you want to spend time with her. She's just delightful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So what I could, and I I kept this pretty simple because this is such a rich world and I I don't know enough about the history or what some of the comics were like uh, back in the day, but I will say I would not mind seeing a reboot of Dick Tracy, uh, you know, just done now complete complete uh refresh and uh, i would want to see and and let me tell you uh how i came to to this casting decision for dick tracy because it's something that i was like first of all i was fighting just jumping to oscar isaac because instantly that's where i wanted to go but i was like no how's he gonna play big boy if he's playing dick tracy that's another good point (laughs) but i was just like how uh, who could possibly play Dick Tracy? And I'm not saying this to let everybody know that I went to the gym today, but I went to the gym today and I was, I know, I know. Thank you. I, that, Thank no, you. That, that's genuine. That's genuine applause from me. That it, it is a, it, I, I don't know how recently you've been to the gym, but like since uh, this is today. my, my third time back and I've been going like once a week, but anyway, I was, I, uh, I was, I was running on a treadmill and I was like trying to clear my head and I was like, I need to just think about who I would cast as Dick Tracy and not think about how in pain I am right now. (laughs) And all of a sudden it came to me and I was like, yes, Justin Thoreau, 100% Dick Tracy. Huh. (laughs) Justin Thoreau's Dick Tracy. Because he's got that like... There's something going on behind those eyes, and I don't know what it is, but I'm intrigued. And he's got that face. Um, I mean, clearly in the in the comics, Dick Tracy is a more like I don't know a, a larger presence, and and Justin Thoreau is very lean. But who cares? And you know the the signature yellow, you know, hat and trench coat they'd find a way to make it work. But yeah. like, I don't know. I just see Justin Thoreau and I, and I could watch him do anything. He's great. Yeah. Justin Thoreau is, is great. And now would you keep this? Would, um, like you, oh. you'd keep it uh, like, tell me more about your, your idea here. Um, there's not much of an idea, but it would be fewer characters. You know, there's uh, a lot less. I mean, I mean, I like the, um, the intrigue of, somebody like breathless Mahoney, but it made me uncomfortable because you could tell that he was like considering sleeping yeah. with her while he was yeah. also like engaged to be engaged. So yeah, it was kind cool. of like, that's kind of, ugh, I don't like that. So I would probably eliminate the test true heart character. Um, Or I'd make it something along the lines of like, he's with somebody who's obviously wrong for him. Mm -hmm. And then there would be, and I I wouldn't have a a good breathless Mahoney uh, replacement. You know, the, the obvious one would be like Lady Gaga, but. Oh, or I, I was thinking Michelle Williams. Oh, Michelle Williams. That'd be good. Have you been? Um, have you seen uh, Fosse Verdon? No, I hear it's great though. I mean, you know Holy. how much I love Sam Rockwell. So yeah, well, uh, no, I know that's what I'm saying, and uh, and I would totally I, put Sam Rockwell in the uh, in the big boy in the big boy role. Oh, I mean, yeah, Sam Rockwell. I mean, it, well, it, or Mumbles. If, to anyone who has not watched the Fosse Verdon 
miniseries about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, uh, please, it is streaming on Hulu. It was on FX. Uh, I have not, I think I have one more episode to go on it, but their performances are it's some of it, like some of the best screen acting I've seen in a while. I got to check it out. And along those lines, I know that Warren Beatty did approach Bob Fosse to direct Dick Tracy. Yes. I, you know, yeah, that's, and, thanks, and thanks for bringing also, that back. And I was noticing in some of the choreography for Madonna's um, character, you can see a lot of like Bob Fosse moves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was trying to think, you know, who 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 I would like to see as Dick Tracy. And uh, I guess I had a couple. I, I mean, what else are you thinking? As oh, far as you know, I, no, I, look, I'm not going to write the movie. I just want to I just would like to say I'd like to see this rebooted. You know, it's it's been a while. And and yeah. the one from 1990, just like it doesn't really hold up all that great. Oh, and. If but if there were to be a replacement for the kid, it would have to be Jacob Tremblay, who's in Doctor Sleep. Is he really? He's in Doctor Sleep. Yeah, I awesome. don't know what his role in it is, but I know he's in it. Um, yeah. So I was having trouble. I I mean, I was having trouble. I was trying to think of contemporary actors who are like the right age and who would like fit that character well. Cause I mean, it's, it's, it's too late for George Clooney. Yeah. It's too late for Liam Neeson. Um, I, I was, I was actually thinking like Ben Affleck and Uh. I know he just did Batman. So it's kind of like, yeah, no, I'm not saying I'm excited about the idea of Ben Affleck as Dick (laughs) Tracy, but, um, and of course, like Sam, I just think of Sam Rockwell or Oscar Isaac. I actually had, uh, um, thought about Bradley Cooper as well. Yeah. But, but none of those ideas really excite me. Uh, do you go Hemsworth on it? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) physicality that would work, but, uh, I, I don't know. I just I don't know if I, I don't know if live action is the way to reboot it um, or I, I was thinking it would be really cool. Like I, I'd be interested to see a a, a, re, a reboot, a readaptation in the style, in a style similar to like Sin City. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder mm-hmm. style where it's well, that was a, a kind of Zack Snyder style. But that was I mean, wasn't that was oh, Robert just- Rodriguez. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking the style where it's, you know, it's very like high contrast, like blacks blown out, whites blown out, just like super cartoony. Sin City looked, well, Zack Snyder's kind of is like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, but I felt like this, this, the aesthetic of Sin City was kind of like you were watching a, a a noir comic book coming to life. So it's almost like the. It, it's almost kind of like they took the concept for Dick Tracy and and stepped it up for right. Sin City. Have you seen um, Into the Spider Verse? Not yet. You should, and and I think that that would be another route to go. Um, that because that's I, even more like watching a comic book. But that's what I think. I think I think animated is probably the way to go. Either that or as a series, and have like a detective, you know, have a Dick Tracy series and whether it's a series of short films, kind of like in the style of like a Sherlock, mm-hmm. um, where they're kind of, se- you know, almost separate stories, or if you go weekly series. Uh, well, then the question is also, do you keep it set in the thirties or do you put them in a different era? Uh, see, that's the one thing I think, I think you got to keep it in the thirties. Otherwise yeah, it's just it, another cop show. Right. Which I don't know. I think that each putting him in a different era could be interesting in some ways, but also it's I'd like, put him in the sixties. If anything, I'd put him in the late sixties. 
Yeah, that could be interesting. I want to see but Dick the, Tracy in the era of like hippies. It's, I mean, it would kind of be like the Altman's The Long Goodbye with where, mm-hmm. um, you know, Elliot Gould doing kind of like doing the Raymond Chandler thing, but in the 70s. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like if it's always going to be in the 30s, it's going to feel repetitive because you just have a lot of mob stuff. You know who I'd be? I would be interested to see a Quentin Tarantino Dick <laughs> Tracy. Yeah. Like I seriously. And I, I'm not not like jokingly like a like Quentin Tarantino parody, but I would actually it's kind of like how Quentin Tarantino said, oh, I want to, you know, r- write and direct a Star Trek movie. And instantly right. everyone's like, that could be interesting. I think yeah. a Quentin Tarantino Dick Tracy would be so starring Leonardo DiCaprio, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brett Pitt, no, uh, who all uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Samuel I don't L. see as a Dick Tracy. Uh, Sam, let's see, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, who else is uh, has to get in there? Michael Madsen. Oh, um, uh, Walton, uh, Walton Goggins, Goggins. got yeah. Walton Goggins and Kurt Russell. Yep. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell would have been uh, so, a good Dick Tracy at a time. That's true. So, Dan, I, I have to know, do you remember your first time uh, seeing Dick Tracy? Vaguely. Vaguely. I think I want to say I saw it at I want to say I saw it at like the movie city, like one of the the like movies city five or something in like Woodbridge, New Jersey or okay in, in like Edison. I don't, I really, I don't remember that. I really don't remember that, that clearly where and where and when I saw it. Fair enough. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I had and, to ask. And, I mean, there's movies from that summer that I remember clearly. Like I remember, Seeing when I saw Die Hard two that summer, at the mm-hmm. Linden Linden Cinemas, I remember well, that very well. Let's talk a little bit about 1990 and the movies in 1990. So Dick Tracy yeah. came in uh, ninth that year. Uh, eighth was Die Hard two. So clearly more My, memorable for a reason by one more. Yeah. Um, and then you <laughs> got Total Recall, Hunt for Red October. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Pretty Woman, Dances with Wolves, Ghost, and Home Alone, which um, stars Macaulay Culkin, who uh, was a potential for the for the role of the kid that went to mm-hmm. Charlie Cosmo, but he opted to do Home Alone instead, which yeah. seemed to be the right move. I think, yeah, decision well made. So Point Box Office Culkin. Mojo has some interesting figures. Uh and Dan, this isn't necessarily a pop quiz hotshot, but I do want to know if you can guess um, the some of the information that's provided by Box Office Mojo. So okay. Dick Tracy ranks number six in adventure remakes. Do you know what might have come in the five before? And this is about movie grosses, by the way. Wait, and this is in like in general, in general, like like up until 1990 or. Oh, this is through present day. Oh, so through present day. So, OK, so now. I. So right. it's pretty impressive. That this is actually sixth place. Um, so it's sixth place. So and this is action adventure. It's like, adventure remakes. It's 1980 to present. OK, so 1980 to present. OK, Uh I guess Batman's got to be in there. Nope. Wait, Batman's not in. I don't think that that was considered a remake. I think that re- those were all considered reboots. But Dick Tracy was considered a remake. Okay. Um, <laughs> action adventure remakes. Um, this is a pop quiz. Um, There's so, no pressure. See. You don't have action, to answer this. So action adventure. Well, I'm trying to think of like. So first I'm trying to think of action adventure movies that came out between 1980 and I guess present that were action remakes and that would you like me to give you 
would you like to, me to give you uh, number five? That might help. Yeah, sure. Um, number five is the 1999 movie The Mummy. Okay. Um, I, so number five is, is the mummy. So then number four would be, it is a movie that came out in 2010. That's, I'll just tell you Clash of the Titans from 2010 and then the 2001 Planet of the Apes. The two thousand. I, I was thinking that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. The two thousand five King Kong, and then twenty sixteen's The Jungle Book. Yeah. Okay. The only one of those I would have. The only one of those that I would have guessed was the. Um, what you mean? I wasn't thinking King Kong. I definitely mm-hmm. wasn't thinking The Jungle Book. Planet of the Apes. Um, Planet of the Apes was the only yeah. one that kind of crossed through my mind, and then it, yeah. But there is also um, a category in a ranking, and this is by box office numbers, uh, for off-screen couples on screen, since Warren Beatty and Madonna <laughs> were dating at the time. And I'm not going to quiz you on this, but this one came in... Oh, it's like, in, this one I could probably guess. All right, well, this one came in 10th. Would you know what, what came in uh, 1 through 9? I, I'll give some... So and wait, a it's lot just of mo- these, I don't think that you would... It's eh, movies, maybe you would. It's movies starring... On-screen couples who are also off-screen couples? Yes. Well, let's see. Is Bugsy on the list? Bugsy <laughs> is on the list. Like, how many Warren Beatty place. ones can we knock out? So uh, That one's in 18th place. Oh, then we have 29th for Love Affair. Uh, okay. And then you got to like, go pretty far back, I think, for anything else with him. All right. So, but, so real life, real life couples. I, I'm just going to, I want to try to get a couple of them. Um, okay. Geez, I doubt Shanghai Surprise made the list with Sean Penn and Madonna. Um, that one came in like 46th. Oh, well, all right. That, that's impressive. Uh, so, real life couples. Um, I'm trying to think. So, oh, um, Days of Thunder. I will tell you, all Tom Cruise movies came in after 10th place. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So no wise. And there are a either. lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. So Far and 11th, away. Would, 11th was Vanilla Sky when he was with Penelope Cruz. Oh, uh, right. 13, I about that. 13th is Days of Thunder. 14th is Far and Away. Um, there, I know that there's definitely more. Uh because oh, Eyes Wide Shut is 17th. Wait, how about Edward Scissorhands? Is that on the list? Edward Scissorhands is th- 15th place. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm getting them, just not in the top 10. All right. Um, yeah. So, okay. So Edward Scissorhands. Um, I will say this. The fifth place one is debatable. Because this is the movie that these actors starred in that began a controversial relationship. Oh, A Star is Born? No. Oh, wait, is that not a real, is that not official yet? Um, I don't think that's a real thing, officially. What, that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga are dating? Anyway. Um, So, so, all right, so it was controversial. Ooh. I don't know if I'm going to. It's one that people still talk about, even though this happened quite some time ago. Like how long ago did this happen? 2005. Okay. 2005. Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. So Nicole Kidman, who was supposed to be Mrs. Smith. Oh, really? And then, yeah, Nicole Kidman was supposed to be Mrs. Smith. And then I think she was maybe was pregnant and couldn't do it. Interesting. Um, so then Angelina Jolie was recast. And then, yeah. And then history <laughs> changed for everybody. So mm-hmm. if you'd like, I can just tell you. Yeah, go ahead. The other ones. All right. So number nine is Traffic uh, with Michael Douglas. Oh, Michael Douglas. Jones. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, number eight is Goodwill Hunting, Matt Damon and Mini Driver. I thought you were uh, saying seven, ben, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And Ben Affleck. Because uh, <laughs> well, I didn't seven, know Matt Damon was dating Mini Driver. Surprise. I had no idea. Uh, number seven is Scooby Doo with Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, is Six I know is, what you did last summer on the list too? Uh, not in this portion. Um, okay. Then we've got There's Something About Mary, Cameron Diaz and Matt Dillon, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Didn't Smith. Know about that one. Then we've got A Quiet Place. Mm-hmm. And, then the, and then numbers one, two, and three are all Twilight movies. <laughs> okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. uh, I just okay. thought that was fun that they even had that category. Interesting. It's, I guess, yeah. So uh, the past few episodes, we've been also talking about uh, how we would recast movies that feature the actress June Squibb, as this is the month of June. And uh, in the last episode, what was the last episode? The last episode was in and out yeah and then on this episode we're talking about meet joe black so uh meet joe black is a movie about death the character of death who takes the form of a human and wants to just kind of get a tour of what it's like to be a human for a while and he um it's uh that's my vague description he's He's also so, and he's he's come for this this incredibly wealthy and powerful man who's played by Anthony Hopkins, right. and and it's kind of like Anthony Hopkins makes him a de- makes him a deal, oh, and right, 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 yeah, and and the deal is just like, hey, you can like have like let me have a couple of days, and then you can see what it's like to be alive, and you can you know live, you know. And over that Live course lavishly. of time, he forms a relationship with Anthony Hopkins' character's uh, daughter, played by Claire Forlani. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dan, who would you put in those three roles? So in the Anthony Hopkins role, so he's supposed to be around 65 because I was originally thinking like, I was like Morgan Freeman, but then I'm thinking Morgan Freeman might be a little old. Yeah. Denzel Washington in the Anthony Hopkins role, who would be okay. playing, who would be playing younger than sixty five, but not that much really. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I put I put Denzel Washington there um, for the daughter. I was kind of thinking Tessa Thompson. Uh, I don't know if uh-huh. I just have like Tessa Thompson on the brain from the the Creed movies and seeing her in all the Men in Black ads, right. And then for death, I was kind of thinking, I was like, for some reason, I was like Freddie Highmore, who... Freddie Highmore? He's, he I plays haven't the thought of him in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, you know, most people, I think, remember him as as the, uh, the young boy from Finding Neverland, and mm-hmm. he played Charlie in Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and he's on the CBS show The Good Doctor. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, I was just, I was trying to think of like a young actor and I don't, I, I don't, I now here's where I, I, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent on that is cause I just, the, the Tessa Thompson, Freddie Highmore mix. I'm like, I don't, and maybe there it's just because be I'm so chemistry you, there. What's yeah. There does need to be some chemistry there. So, uh, um, I I don't, maybe Chris Evans. Hmm. Maybe Chris Evans, who Chris Evans. I mean, him now is feels very Brad Pitt in the nineties. You know. Yeah. Uh, although I, I think he's, he's got more of an off-screen personality. I don't he's got to get. He's got to. I mean, he. You know, he's looking to step away. You know, he's he's kind of stepping away from Marvel. And probably looking to branch out and do some do more of a variety of things. So a project like this, I think, would uh, you know would kind of use him well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay, I could, I, yeah, sure. I could see Chris, Chris Evans. 
Yeah. Why no not? one's remaking Meet Joe Black, just to be clear. <laughs> no, no one is 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 doing that. And that was I believe that was directed by Martin Brest, was it not? It was. And which and I guess it's like and I don't know if Martin Brest directed another movie after that, which is kind of sad because Martin Brest directed two of my favorite movies of the 80s, Beverly Hills Cop and Midnight Run. Right. Oh, Midnight Run is so good. Midnight Run is kind of one of those anytime movies where it's like I can just I will watch Midnight Run. I've got two hours. I don't know what to do with them. I mean, uh, that never happens. But if it were to happen, watching Midnight (laughs) Run would be an option. Well, now that we do this podcast and you always have homework to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I I definitely did think about Tessa Thompson for that Claire Forlani role. but I I pushed away from it just because I didn't want to like always be jumping back to the same people. So yeah. for the Anthony Hopkins role, I went with John Malkovich. Oh, I know you just gasped and it was I love John correct. Malkovich. He's wonderful. And I think that he would be good for that part. Um Granted, this is all information that I'm giving you based on the clips that I've seen on YouTube, as I've not seen the actual full movie. Yeah, full disclosure, neither have I. Yeah, (laughs) that said, John Malkovich, and as his daughter, I would like to see uh, Zoe Saldana. Another person who is no longer part of, you know, is like stepping away from the Marvel (laughs) stuff, although I guess probably Guardians 3 is a thing. Is she stepping away from Star Trek and Avatar as well? Probably not, but it's like it'd be nice to see her in something that's not like a huge, like zillion dollar franchise. I mean, Zoe Saldana can act like without the special effects. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's like good opportunity to to do that. And then for the the Joe Black character, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think I think you got what I was kind of looking for and that I was kind of like, yeah, Freddie Highmore could do that. But Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is extremely charming. Uh, Somebody who can get away with doing what death would be doing in this situation looks great in a suit. We know mm-hmm. this from all the Christopher Nolan movies he's been in. Uh, <laughs> just like, you know, um, charismatic. And yeah. it's been a minute since we've really seen him. So I feel I like know, he's been... Love it. I feel like he kind of... he. I feel like he... I guess just from what I see on, on Twitter, he kind of just does... He's kind of doing a lot of his, his own thing. His thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I, I, um, I, I took a step this week. I took Twitter off my phone. So okay. I took Twitter and Facebook off my phone this week and I want to say I'm proud of that. And, and actually John, but, and before we move on and before we, we, we close up shop, I do want to say is I, I want to wish you and all the dads out there a happy father's day. And same Which to is, you. Well, a belated. By the time this is this is posted, it will have been Father's Day. Right now, it is before Father's Day. But I hop, Dan, I, I thought you were just going to praise me for my Lowell Gans and Bablu Mandel uh, memes that I put on Instagram. Well, but John, yeah, no, if that's, that's what where, you want to talk I, about. No, no, no. I have a few things to say. Yeah, if you have not <laughs> been following the Rune Childhoods Pod <laughs> Instagram feed, John has been on a roll with the the memes and I really like I just I want to know I really every time I see one I'm like I want them to know I want them to see these I want Lowell Gans and Bob Lou Mandel to know that they are appreciated <laughs> and I mean I'm sure they, they certainly do because like they've they've made like millions of dollars sure more than that probably so but- um yeah I mean on the last episode we were talking about this wonderful writing team and somehow I said that we would be releasing memes about them on our Instagram page. And, you know, I am a man of my word and uh, I wanted to do right by that claim. And uh, it was a lot of fun and it's somewhat challenging. I am not somebody who gravitates towards meme culture. So it was Uh. an exercise for me. And uh, yeah, I think I've got like one more to post at the time of this recording. Oh, that's exciting. 
Very exciting. The one, the one with the the one with the squirrel nuts. I I was wondering if that one was going to make it, and that's what that that other photo you sent me made me think of. <laughs> yeah, the other photo I sent you. Oh, John, I sent uh, <laughs> I sent Dan a photo today. I was when I was walking back from the gym, I saw uh, there was a construction site, and there was uh, on a crane uh, dangling two porta potties. And of course, I had to take a picture and send it to Dan immediately, thinking about Proctor from Police Academy for Citizens on Patrol. Um, now, whenever I see a crane holding a porta potty, got to take a picture as quick as quick as possible. Yeah, which I don't know that I had ever seen one outside of Police Academy for Citizens on Control on Patrol. Um, <laughs> it's I, been a day. Yeah, it. Oof, yeah, it has. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, anything Next else episode. to say, John, do, do you have anything else to say about Dick Tracy? <laughs> Never again. <laughs> Never again. This is the last time Dick Tracy will be spoken of between yeah. us. So on our next episode will be the very first time we ever discuss the cannonball run. This is true. We've never, I don't think we've ever talked about the cannonball. I don't know if Not I've ever even talked off about Mike. cannonball run to, no, I'm, that's what I mean. Like nowhere. This will be the first ever discussion between the, most of these movies that we talk about, like at some point we've spoken about them. Not, not, yeah. to, not to this well, extent. Yeah, sure. So cannonball, I'm very, I'm really excited about it. Cause it's a movie that I've always wanted to see and haven't seen. Yeah. And June, it, June released June, 1981. Yeah. So follow, follow, following in line with our June uh, movie release theme. Um, and then our, Next and final, is it the final? I believe sure. it is our It's the final, final of our final uh, June squib, squib of the week. recasts will be Age of Innocence. Yes, the Age of Innocence. Yeah. So buckle up. All right. Everybody, Cannonball Run and the Age ride. of Innocence, two movies that go together like <laughs> peanut butter and jelly. I totally want to do a double feature of the Age of Innocence and Cannonball Run. Put them both happen. on at the same time on either side of you and just like sit in a swivel chair and just go around and around and around. It's like, oh, let's see what's happening. It's, uh, Winona Ryder is crying and Dom DeLuise is wearing a cape and Daniel Day-Lewis, <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. Dan, was- wake up, wake up, wake up. It was just a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's Dom DeLuise in a cape. <laughs> All right, John. Good journey. Good journey to you, Dan. He's got a bulldog jowl. Why he's the armor out? Dick Tracy.